This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. So we are going to be diving into culture. Uh, you know, I, I find very often people are like, what is company culture anyway? And, you know, is this something that's truly attainable, especially when we've worked in various environments that we're kind of of the mindset of, you know, work is work, work is never going to be super fun. Work is not going to be something that I ever look forward to. I look forward to my weekends and, you know, I do my job in order to support my family. That was, I mean, created during the industrial age where it's like you go to school, maybe you go to college, you use your degree, you get a job, you raise a family, you retire. That's it. And what I love is Martini. you know, one of our personal mentors is he said, never let retirement get in the line uh, or get in the way of your real work. And that was just something that really stood out to me because we have this idea of retirement, but I find that so many people are bored, depressed, or all of a sudden, all of the things that they ignored with their health. And I, I guess this is maybe twofold. It's either they ignored their health and now all of a sudden their retirement is tending to their health or they're just so bored and they have loss of purpose that they're like, well, I guess, you know, like old people, I guess we like just like have to go to doctors all the time. Yeah. I mean, that could be a whole separate topic in separate itself. podcast, but really it's like when you just taking a glance at that, it's, it's because you never set up your life to serve, to have your work serve you. And that comes into culture. Another way it's like when I first started diving in to understand culture, it's one of the first things I connected to is it's really just attitude. You know, a culture of a business is the overall attitude of the business. And that comes back from, you know, what are the foundational attitudes of the executives of the owner? And that really top down. Yep. And that really creates the culture. And I do want to make uh, a discrepancy or I want to point out, you know, a discernment is that culture is not the same as having perks in your business because some of you might already be in this mindset thinking of giant companies that we hear about like Google um, or even Apple who people are like, oh, they have like a campus and they have all of these events and they have this crazy cafeteria where they have all this gourmet food and they have a nap room and, you know, they have just these crazy quote unquote perks. So you have to really be able to understand the difference between perks in a company and what truly creates culture. This was actually a conversation that we literally had yesterday. I don't know if you were in the meeting at that moment, but we were talking about 
perks. We were talking about PTO and we were talking about just some of the requests from some employees as they were going through their reviews. And, you know, just like simple requests of, you know, I, I would love, you know, to have more PTO or I would like to be considered for X, Y, and Z. And and I just said to the team, I go, I know that this is not the context of the conversation because no one was like, if I don't get more PTO, I'm out of here. But I was like, but in the event that was ever a conversation in the future, you just have to always understand that you've had to take a step back because no one's leaving your company because of PTO. No one's leaving the company because they didn't get their bonus that quarter. They're leaving the company because they are no longer bought in or invested to the mission and the culture of the company. I'd like to add one thing to that. That's okay. 100% true. I'd say the only aspect. So when you look at culture versus perks and, you know, when we look at Google and they have this huge uh, profitability margin where they can set up, you know, possibly an organic cafe and a nap room and all this stuff. It's we have to optimal growth occurs from a balance of support and challenge. So when we're overly demanding um, in an environment, so it's like Google, it's like, you know, you're in front of a computer for 12 hours a day or whatever your job is it's like that's a lot of demand and a lot of challenge so if you need a quick refresher and to be able to lay down for 20 minutes half an hour it's going to allow you to come back and be full present in that computer they're probably gaining on that it was a wise i mean google makes decisions on in, productivity on productivity so it's you know it's not being able to compare apples to oranges. They're two different businesses, our business and Google and your business. So it's be able to really look at things as just as evaluation of yourself and what's going to be able to serve yourself. When I say serving yourself, it's your company. Mm -hmm. So it's about making the best decisions, be able to have a balance of support and challenge and understanding that perks are completely different. You know, a lot of times perks are for productivity, those things, um, you know, PTO, be able to, to go out, quote unquote, live your hobbies um, that are outside of the inspiring job that you have. But it's also being able to look at, you know, what's the biggest driver of a person, uh, their outlook as well as a business, and it's their attitude, their culture. And But this is really going to bring us to the biggest point that we want to make here is your perks would be, or your, your perks or your bonuses, whatever you want to call them, would coincide with your core values. So one of the things that we I'm nodding, I'm nodding my head right now. Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody can hear that. <laughs> so that's the thing is that you might be infiltrating certain, you know, quote unquote perks in your company, but it's because that is the absolute foundation of the culture. So in our company, in Integrative Wellness Group, we really, and really uh, the Growth Institute as well is... It's practice what you preach. So this is going back to self-care and personal development. So we have a lot of different programs around education. So we constantly have different types of lunch and learns. We are advocating for a book club. We also have uh, both traditional or conventional healthcare benefits. And then we also have internal benefits through Integrative Wellness Group that give both a the, or the employees of both companies access to more holistic and alternative care as well. So those are all things that we feel are really important, but it's because it upholds the values of our company. And it's accountability to it too, because some people are always like, oh yeah, I definitely do self-care. And then, you know, you you have someone saying that, but then six months into them working for the company 
you know, you circle back in your review and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, I haven't necessarily done X, Y, or Z within the past six months. And you really have the ability now to, it's not emotional, it's not prying into someone's personal life, but it's like, are you truly upholding the values of the company? Uh, because it's really important for how you show up to the customer or how you show up from a marketing perspective. Because if you're not upholding the values, then you're not truly in alignment with what we do and how we offer it. Yeah. And then in six months and we, we track all of these things internally, but like part of the culture is walking the your talk. So it's being able to say like, you know, what services have you been doing to recharge yourself, to grow yourself? You know, what books have you been reading? Like we track all that stuff and to be able to have it as an organized, organized culture um, to be able to grow together. Yeah. And this idea of values, I think, is something that a lot of people initially have pushed back to. And they're like, oh, you know, is that really that important? Or I don't really have time for that. I'm doing real work. I'm doing air quotes. I'm doing real work in my business or I'm too busy to to think about that. And, you know, for us personally, what I found was we found ourselves getting triggered or disgruntled about certain things that were happening in our business, but we had a really tough time discerning, you know, was this us being emotional? You know, was there valid grounds to have a conversation? And, you know, is this something that we just will dismiss or essentially tolerate? And the reason why there was so much ambiguity around that was because we were not clear on what the values were. We were, I guess, having inklings of our own personal values. And our own personal values was like, always go above and beyond, always do the best, like don't cut corners, um, you know, try to think outside the box, critically think, be a self-starter, but also be a problem solver. Like those were things that we embodied. And then when we found ourselves getting annoyed or triggered, we would be having conversations. And then at one point, Nick called me out. He's like, you're on repeat. It's the same thing over and over. He's like, this is your own shit. But secondary to that is it's not only was my own shit, but it was it was because we did not take the time to say this is the standard for the employees of the company. And that's like what you said, standards standards allow us to create boundaries and boundaries will be the line in the sand that will pretty much come up to the bullshit that we're able to tolerate. Uh, so it's like if we're tolerating bullshit or if there's bullshit. You get that, what you tolerate. Right. Um, but it's like if we're not happy or content with that, then we need to set better standards to be able to have the systems and boundaries in place. Yeah. And it's it's also it allows you to really have objective conversations because if you if you feel like you're you're taking a step back from having hard conversations in your business, it's probably because you don't have clear-cut core values, but secondary to that is nobody knows what the core values of the company are. So you're being apprehensive about speaking up about certain things. And like I said before, is you get what you tolerate and things will brew and brew and brew and they will infect and they will blow up every single time. And you know, these can be small things, they could be big things. But, you know, there was even 
a moment when, you know, you think of the idea of a health coach and you think like, okay, well, they're there to really like handhold the the patient and or even a business coach. Like they should be there to really provide guidance and be a major support system to the client or the patient. And that was even something that we found that the more handholding there was and the more accessibility that there was, there there was a massive disempowerment. So, you know, we realized that even when it came to the core values, it was about empowering people through proper coaching and and having that support, but also having that challenge. And it's just when you're constantly able to, you know, you're constantly available to troubleshoot the most minute things, people don't think for themselves anymore. And we know that this can be disempowering. It's disempowering with your children as well is, you know, if you're constantly there to support, 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 then, you know, your child is constantly coming to you and it's like, has no idea how to handle a hard conversation at school or a kid being a jerk or, you know, a teacher that is, you know, not being fair. Yeah. I mean, you hit so many amazing points right there and it's being able to like backtrack and be able to say like, you know, the only way we can come up with that those intelligent processing systems is to have clarity on our standards and be able to have clarity on those standards, make them objective to be able to come back to and say like, you know, am I, am I in or, or out of being able in alignment serving myself as, or the business, but really the standards they're created by the values and in business, I would say that most businesses haven't taken the time to be able to get crystal clear on those values. And if they're not, then their quality of the standards are are not in alignment. And then there's just a hierarchy down really from that above down uh, to the executive aspect, down to the employees, even transferred into the clients, uh, that there's inappropriate boundaries, which creates a lot of pain points and a lot of fires. The interesting aspect is that, you know, working the human behavior every single day with clients is that I think I've only had so far to date maybe two for sure one person came in crystal clear on what was most important to them which is freaking wild when you think about it it's like we're all going around making decisions every single day but we're all triggered yeah we're all triggered on a day-to-day basis well the only reason we're triggered is because we don't know who we are we don't love portions of ourselves well we're triggered by people who are injecting their values onto us yep and you know one thing that i will just say from a personal experience is that outside of business values when you took me through, and I already had a foundational understanding because we've worked with Dr. Demartini, but when you took me through to understand uh, my core values, like it was a bit of phases for me, but phase one was just this huge aha moment and this huge weight that was lifted off of my shoulders from a from a judgment standpoint, like judging myself, of judging myself of when I was having moments of judging other people and kind of just like saying, like, stop doing that. You shouldn't judge other people. And just realizing that the judgment was just coming from me injecting my values onto others. And that was just so huge because obviously one of our, you know, biggest values and biggest mission is to transform how people think about healthcare. But just realizing that not everyone, we want to help to provide a different version of healthcare that's more hands-on and more personalized to the people that want it. 
I don't give a shit about the people that don't want it. They can stay in the realm that they feel most comfortable with. But there is no reason for me to give them energy or to be upset about their choices. It's just a matter of I'm here for the people that are going to ask the questions and look for something different. And I I just applied this to so many things like from friendships and, you know, fights or conversations from the past. And I just realized like all that it comes down to is either not being crystal clear on your own values or just constantly getting emotionally triggered when people are injecting their values onto you. But everybody's entitled to have their own beliefs and their own values. And it's just there's no reason for us to get upset because when people are giving you quote unquote advice or injecting their values onto you, it's like they're doing it from a place of that's what they think is best. And it doesn't mean you have to take it or you have to even be emotionally charged by it. It's just like, thanks, I really appreciate that. It's just not for me. Like it doesn't suit what I believe and it doesn't suit what I value. Yeah, and and that's the foundation of making quality decisions to be able to take quality action to be able to serve yourself or serve the business. So it's when, and it's not about, you know, I always, you know, do a lot of relationship work uh, with people and it's like, you know, they just don't value what I value. And it's like, well, it's impossible for them. Everybody values are like thumbprints. You know, we all have a different set of values and to be crystal clear, it's like values is just a hierarchy of things that are from least important to most important to you in your life. And, you know, like, as you said, it was kind of a journey for, for Dr. Nicole to get clear on her values. That's because, you know, she was growing and transitioning into almost a different person, a different being um, very quickly through how much self-development and growth that she was doing, not only on herself and in her business. Because anytime we have a pretty massive change, whether it's something happening internally or in the environment around you, it has a good capability to change um, your voids, what's missing most in your life. And as soon as those voids change, your values change. Your What you perceive as missing actually mm-hmm. creates what's most important, what you want to fill your life up with. So that's really, it's like the voids create your values. And it's understanding that even business values can shift over time depending on the vision, uh, where we want to take things. Because really, when you look at business, it's just supplying the world um, really solutions for the biggest problems out there so as problems can change the really the vision of companies can change depending on how we want to attack uh, and be able to serve humanity yeah no I, i definitely agree so when we're working with students and the growth institute is we are constantly checking back in with values personal as well as business because they do change and sometimes you can feel that in your business when you feel like all of a sudden you're putting out Uh, more fires or you feel like kind of there's more issues that are arising and it could be because the the direction of the business or the changes in the business are now requiring you to relook at the values you know when we were a smaller company we didn't didn't necessarily have the core value think like a ceo see it say it solve it and as we grew as a company and myself, as well as even the executive team, got less and less available because we were working on, you know, other elements of the business. And, you know, we really decided that we needed to 
make sure that we were hiring people and also empowering people to think for themselves, to critically think and give them tools on how to do that and to be decision makers and to be solution oriented because we're not necessarily trying to create a company that they're always needing to go to a higher up to get approval. So it's really, really important to kind of take that step back and think about what is pissing you off as the CEO or the owner of the company. Because the things that are pissing you off and triggering you are giving you signs or inklings of what your core values of your company are. And like I said, it's like things that piss you off, like that's perfect to be able to go into that transition. Because well, it's funny because in scaling up, when I was going through my coaching be, or going through to become a coach, it was so interesting to watch the coaches, um, the different strategies to go through to figure out the core values of your company. And I was actually shadowing a, a group. It was a group of 12 individuals. They were going through a 12-week program. And, you know, uh, my mentor, every single time, he's like, guys, this is like uh, drinking from a water or a fire hose. And it's a lot of information. And we actually decided not to do a 12-week program because for us, it took us at least a month or more to implement all of these tools. So like to figure out your core values, you're not going to figure out overnight. You're going to figure it out over... You, you can probably come up with a good framework in a month, but then you're going to circle back and be like, you know, that I don't know if that's really it. I think it's this or a version of this. Um, but, you know, my mentor was taking these people through the core values exercise and everyone is like so confused. <laughs> so he's like, you know, Dr. Nicole, do you have any insight for for these students? I was like, yeah, what pisses you guys off? What's, what are you on repeat about? What are you going home to your spouse and saying like, can you believe Sally did this? Can you believe that John did that? And like, I can't believe I'm dealing with this again. And I was like, that's how you can reverse engineer what your values are. And obviously there are points that you can get stuck and there's points that, you know, these tools can help you to refine what they are, but it's definitely a great starting point. Yeah. So it's like, the things that piss you off, that's what creates resistance and pain in business. So when we get clarity on our values, it allows us to set up systems to be able to remove those resistant points. So it's really like when we have an amazing culture that's been created in our business, it allows there to be flow. And when there's flow, there's more easily growth to occur. On the opposite side, when we don't have clarity on our values, we're not really creating a culture for us to grow and develop together. So there's more resistance. There's more pain points. There's more fires to put out. So it's really easy to be able to look into a business and saying, like, you know, for the most part, do we have a, a process of flow? And if so, that's connected to having an amazing culture. When we have the opposite, when we have a lot of fires and resistance to put out, it's because we don't have a, a very good culture, which the foundation of that is built on clarity values. Ooh, sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you got really excited and wanted to say something. No, I was I was really trying to hold that in. <laughs> so another way to look at it is kind of what I said before is culture is really very similar to our um now I'm blanking out. Uh I don't know. Attitude. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. So with when we look at attitude, uh we and combine that with culture it's like what is our attitude is our attitude do we is there gossip in our community is there gossip in our business because that comes back to attitude and that really is a part of the culture and when because you get what you tolerate yep and you also get what you do 
you know, it's just a reflection of yourself. So it's like, if, if that is your attitude that gets reflected into the culture and then that just magnifies itself for you to be able to see the bullshit that's really inside of you to be able to go work on that human behavior first inside and then the outside. So understanding that it's really being able to get crystal clear on the values the values dictate the attitude which creates the culture and it's like the attitude and you have to uphold that every single day every minute of the day and the attitude it's going to be you know is it focusing on problems or is it focusing on solutions and that carries down into just the you know every single employee you know are they focusing on problems or are they focusing on solutions and that really gets to what dr nicole is talking about is you know we're able to step away because we've taken the time to empower people part of our value system for them to be inspired to be able to grow to be able to solve problems on their own to not be dependent and that's really i think where a lot of the magic comes into play and you know some of the the things that you can look for to know if your company culture is in trouble is you know you have the you know the new hire who you know shows up early and makes sure that the cell phone is like put away in their bag and you know they're asking for feedback and they're checking in and they have a smile on their face and you know they they don't abuse their lunch break and they stay a little late if they need to and they go above and beyond for the client and then all of a sudden you know they come in late and they come in with their iced coffee. So it's not that they were late because of traffic. It's they're late because they put themselves first. And, you know, they have their running sneakers on at five. So as soon as the clock turns to five o'clock, they are running out the door. And chances are they were probably on Facebook for the last two hours while they were supposed to be working. And, you know, these are the individuals that you might have as remote workers right now. And you're now thinking, man, I should really get productivity softwares put on everybody's laptops. Like if you're having these types of feelings and you're like, I, I don't think I can step away from my business and so on and so forth, like you have a culture problem and you could say a productivity problem, but the only reason you have a productivity problem is because you have a culture problem. And as Keith Cunningham says, is fixing culture and repairing culture is not for the weak. Um, it is a task. It is hard. And it takes a massive, massive commitment. And, you know, I really will say is that there was a point in time in our business that we did not infiltrate any type of um I want to say any type of questions or screening process into our interview process. We were kind of, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We're just like, hey, like, do you like wellness? Cool. Sounds great. You sound like a great fit. Um, so we were not necessarily asking the right questions through our interview process. And, you know, we brought a lot of people on that on paper looked great, but at the end of the day had, they were not a fit for the culture of the company. And you just have to be okay with that idea because not everyone is going to be a fit for your company. And if you do have, you know, that one problem child in the business is chances are it's not because they're a bad person or they're not good at their job. It's just they don't have buy into the culture or nobody's clear on the culture. But, you know, at, there was a point in time that it was kind of like the worst nightmare came true. It's like we lost six employees all at one time and it was 100% our own fault um, because we were getting what we tolerated. We were not necessarily having hard conversations. We were not setting standards for who we were and what we tolerated. And, you know, you lose that many people, you could easily just feel like giving up. And, you know, we never, that was never our mindset. Our mindset was, okay, this is, this sucks, but 
we will bounce back because there is no option for failure. And But it's also looking at it from a lens of, okay, everything comes from a law of duality and cause and effect. So it's like we had six people left. There's a reason they left. Things were actually everybody that stayed is happy that they left um, because they weren't that good fit. It was creating that resistance. But it's like, let's not repeat history. Let's learn from. But it was also fixing the culture of the people that stayed because that was very jarring to everyone. Well, it was about setting going back and just setting those foundations because, you know, you can't fix a culture when we didn't have clear evidence of what the culture was yeah and that wasn't in our hiring uh, system so we really went back and like i say every single time that was our teacher that was the lesson that we needed to learn in that moment for us to better overcome that chaos to be able to create the new structures new systems new boundaries hence we're not tolerating that bullshit anymore but it wasn't that we just did the same thing and we're like you know we're dictators and we're not going to deal with this anymore it's like no like that's nobody wants to be in any type of relationship like that so it was like we really dove into the causation not the effects we didn't treat the effects we treated the cause of it which was partly us partly a lack of clarity on the values a lack of leadership a lack of leadership and then a lack of putting all that together into systems and boundaries to be able to actually serve you know not dictate but to serve and also, I think half the battle with all of this is that you can get clear on your values, but now you have to deliver that. And you have to deliver that in a really, really effective way to your team that it's impactful and that it's effective and that it's not coming off on like, oh, what's the new thing that we're doing now? And it's really coming off in a way of this is coming from a place of authenticity and integrity to overall improve the workspace. And after the implementation of this is this is how we're going to implement it. This is how we're going to create this to be the new normal. And these are some of the rewards on the other side once we're able to really transform this culture. So the presentation is probably more of of the, the difficulty and more of the challenge than just the the stat or the um creation of the values yeah and i mean that's a big component so like literally next week uh we have a full day retreat with the staff and a big part of what we're doing in the education and there is also uh, a lot of review but it's clarity you know it's clarity on where we're at it's clarity on where we're going clarity and how we're going to get there for the most part and then it's also clarity on review of a lot of the values of the culture. Yeah, where, to... where are we strong? Where are we weak? Yep. And that was pretty awesome. <clears throat> Yesterday is going through, you know, with our leadership team pr to prepare for the retreat is, you know, we were showcasing and we're celebrating where what values we're upholding day to day that are really, really strong, you know, but there's one value in particular that is still a work in progress. And we're not ashamed of that. And, you know, we don't feel badly about that. And we're not going to ridicule our team for that. It's just, it's a process. It's 100% a process. And, you know, we're, we're also going against, I feel like, the programming of the rest of the world. The rest of the world, companies are like, shut your mouth and do your job. And, you know, we're encouraging feedback. We're encouraging having hard conversations. We're encouraging conflict. And this is like completely unheard of in families, in companies. So, you know, we're we're inviting our employees to pretty much go against the grain of what most of us have been prog programmed is the norm.
Yeah, but I mean, if you look at what normal is in society, it fucking sucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a normal relationship is going to be end up in a divorce. You know, a normal company is going to be out of business within five less than years. five years. Yeah. So like, no, we don't want to be normal. So if you want to be just like everybody else, go ahead and do exactly what everybody else is doing. But if you want to really change the potential and the direction of your life and as well as your business, you know, it's about looking and taking advice from mentors that aren't normal um, because that's that's the last thing that I would ever want in my life. 100%. Which is really why I married Dr. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that in there. A lot of challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other aspects that we're not going to get into, but I want to make sure that I put it on your radar to check it out as one of the next podcasts that you listen to is, you know, just as much as the core values create your culture, also the brand promises. And these are the promises that you create to your customer. And this is something that creates culture because now your your employees know what to expect on the delivery to the client and it transforms how they communicate with your client as well so we're going to be diving into part two and talking all about brand promises and you know what does that mean and how does that really affect your culture but how does this also create a culture with your clientele so tune in to the next one and we are hope you enjoyed the episode and we are happy to have you here on our podcast boom You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Awesome.